Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to Market View with me, Ryan Huang. Let's catch up with markets in the opening minutes. And we have right now a picture of red across the screen. And look at Korean markets leading to drop down 1.7%. Japanese markets are lower by 1.4%. And Australian markets down 1.2%. And a quick check-in with the STI. The Straits Times Index is lower by 0.5% at 3,253. So that is on pace to snap a two-day winning streak for the STI. And pretty much across Asia, it's giving back the gains from yesterday. So all this takes a cue from Wall Street where we saw quite a sharp sell-off. So looking at the headline numbers, the industrial average was down 1.1% to 33,027 points. The S&P 500 was down 1.5% to 3,822. And the Nasdaq Composite was the biggest loser, bearing the brunt of the sell-off down 2.2% to 10,476. And it was a case of good news for the economy being bad news for the market. And among the data coming through last night was some upbeat numbers around the third quarter GDP for the US economy. So that expanded more quickly than previously believed. Growth was revised upwards to 3.2%, up from 2.9% in the previous update released last month. Also, some resilient data on the jobs front. The number of Americans who applied for unemployment benefits in the week before Christmas rose slightly to 216,000. And that is showing new followings remaining low uh, and also signaling the labour market is still quite strong. So all in, that is just painting a picture that the Fed might need to do more to hike rates and tame inflation. And also looking at what weighed on markets last night was the IT sector. And this was led by semiconductor stocks. The likes of Micron Technology lost 3.5%. Lam Research Corporation was down 8.7%. And that is in the backdrop of how Micron painted a rather gloomy picture for the Semicon outlook. Its revenue in its latest quarterly earnings was down by nearly half to $4.09 billion, and that's amid a fall in prices for its products as we see a drop-off in demand. And that is also seeing the membership specialists disclosing plans to cut about 10% of its staff next year. So that's also playing out in the Asian opening hours. And that is seeing Korean markets especially taking the brunt of the tech sell-off. Now, Roshan, let's talk about what's happening elsewhere. Thank you for that, Ryan. A quick run-through of all things in the market. You're right, we do need to deep dive into a few topics. And one thing that's caught my eye is... China possibly reopening further. They're continuing this this push to open up to the world after three years of shutting off. But that's coupled with also the backdrop of the news that case numbers are going through the roof, really. So what do you have for us on that? Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to um, when it comes to China, and you've got that reopening story. So that's pretty good news. So that involves how it is reportedly going to cut quarantine for overseas travellers from next month. So mm. if you or I or any traveller visiting China next month onwards, we could be in for an easier time because reportedly officials are considering what's called a zero plus three policy. Mm. So this involves spending time in a quarantine hotel or isolation facility. That will be scrapped. Okay. So instead, arrivals to the country will instead be subject to three days of monitoring. So mm. zero plus three. So not 
clear yet in terms of details how that will be enforced or what will be required. So maybe in the coming days, we will hear more about it. But it's a reflection of how China is moving closer and closer, taking more steps to easing up and easing those restrictions. And in line with that, that means more people interacting with each other, mm. going out and about. And that means infections and cases are likely to pick up. And this is where the other story is painting the not-so-great side of things for mm. China. So officially, China has reported daily cases to the tune of just under 3,000. But going by an unofficial report, and this is from Affinity, a London-based research firm that does predictive health analytics, mm. they are saying... China is likely right now experiencing 1 million COVID infections every day and 5,000 COVID deaths every day. Wow. So it might be also a case of how clean the data is because you have China right now cutting back on a lot of these testing measures. Test mm. centers have been closed. So in terms of infections that are being picked up or detected, you have that issue. Also, China has recently said it has narrowed the definition of COVID deaths as mm. well to only those specifically who have died from COVID. So underlying causes and everything else that might have caused your someone's death will not be counted as a COVID death. So mm. that also, in a way, makes the COVID numbers harder to count. And when we talk about that 1 million COVID infection case number count by affinity, that could get worse. So wow. we are looking at potentially 3.7 million next month daily cases. And then it could get even worse in March. 4.2 million. And that hopefully is somewhat affinity expects to be the peak. So mm. waves of COVID-19 cases expected to come through from China and can expect that to weigh on businesses who will not have employees going to work. People won't be able to do deliveries or mm. even send other workers to their offices because... Yeah. Bus drivers, transport operators will mm. also be impacted. So mm. you've got that potentially become a headwind for the near term for China. So some short-term pain before we see any long-term gains. Thank you for that, Ryan. Now I understand the headline numbers catch the eyeballs, right? Like 1 million mm. cases per day is, is, a, is a huge number and anyone's going to click on that to read the article. But my question to you is, it's almost inevitable, like you touched on, with opening up comes more interaction and therefore there will be a surge in cases. So is it possibly time to look past these headline numbers and just get on with it almost? Yeah, I guess that is going to be a phase they need to get into. So mm. there's going to be this transition period as we see right now based on reports, hospitals being overwhelmed, ICU units not being able to cope. So patients spilling over into the corridors, some into the streets because the queues are that long. And this is um, going to be something that China will need to address because we've seen how they've been willing to protest mm. on the streets before. So if things reach a tipping point, we could see another round of unrest. Mm. And that is not what China wants. At the same time, China has the capacity to just you know, build hospitals in days or weeks. So that's something they will need to figure out. And of course, um, it's going to be quite tall task mm. because China, a country of 1.4 billion people, many provinces, has to manage the provinces and let the policies trickle down yeah. into the ground level, so to speak. So yeah. that's going to take some time. 
And just a second question there. You talk about China opening up to travelers, right? Eventually moving away and moving towards this zero plus three policy. All things considered, case numbers sky high, unless you are traveling for business, unless there's urgent need to go. Do you think many people will be yeah, jumping on a flight? Yeah, that's the thing, there? right? You can open your doors. You can you know, say, hey, it's going to be easier to come in. But will the tourists be willing to go? Mm. So that's the big question. And also, we talk about how the government has has been trying to push forth with some measures to support the economy, making it easier to borrow. There is that question as well. Who wants to borrow? So it's going to be a big question whether the policies that are going to be rolled out will be effective. And I guess the next quarter is going to be a big test of China. Yep, certainly. Now, if you're just joining us, welcome along Money FM 89.3. It is Market View, and Ryan Huang is telling us all we need to know about the market. We've spoken about China potentially opening up as well as the case numbers that are going through the roof. Let's move in on slightly to Tencent billionaire owner going on a tirade almost. What do you have for us on that? Yeah, typically around this time of the year, you would be possibly hearing from your management, mm-hmm. your CEO, and it would normally be quite festive. Like, hey, great job, guys. It's been a tough year. And next year, I'm looking forward to greater things. Yeah, But it was the opposite <laughs> at Tencent. <laughs> so you've got a scolding from Tencent founder Pony Ma. Oof. So he was pretty harsh. And this is a guy who was pretty mild-mannered usually. He's quite behind the scenes, very mm. low-profile, quiet. But he really came out with guns a-blazing this time with his <laughs> internal speech. It was a 10-minute lecture, so not really something in his character. But I, I think that really reflects how serious yep. his warning is right now. Pretty much, it comes down to how a lot of tech companies are under pressure, mm. including Tencent. Mm. And he's saying, you know, you, you have to back up. Um, all the employees he's seeing, according to him, are slacking off, lazy not doing the right work. Not great cases. Corrupt. That is huge allegations. Corrupt. And this is, um, according to some quotes, if the business can't even survive, I'm not sure you should be chilling on the weekends playing ball. This is just how serious he is taking this personally, Mm. right? Mm. But of course, if you're an employee, you might see things differently versus someone who's a founder and a stakeholder. So there is that disconnect as well. Some co-founders or founders of Chinese tech firms expect you to work from morning till midnight. Mm. We've got that disconnect as well. Mm. So this is something that is also going to be a test for many tech companies as they face tough times. So he singled out a couple of divisions. Pretty much all the divisions are you know, being complained about by Ponima, wow. including the gaming side of things. So he talked about how they've been coming up with rather shoddy titles, quality not there, but they still spend money to acquire users. So wasting money in that sense. He talked about the um, other side of things, which was the social network mm. division, which mm. actually Tencent is quite big and strong in. He says they are now losing ground to TikTok. Mm. So TikTok really eating up Tencent's lunch here and he's quite worried that if things don't play out the way he hopes it will, mm. then they might see some job losses, mm. which I think, no surprise, uh, we've seen many other tech firms of course. laying off people. And I, I think the news today, we've got Shopee talking about mm. hiring freeze. Mm. Mm. So quite a stuck warning for many people at Tencent and the rest of the tech yeah. industry. Just a quick follow-up to this, let's say, quite harsh season's greeting by Tencent owner, right? Very quickly, how would you react to receiving a message like that? I'm not suggesting 
us here are working towards that. But if you were to wake up to a message like that from your boss, how would you react? Yeah, I am going to be more reflective over <laughs> Christmas and thinking about how I can maybe be more valuable to the company, I guess, add more value, how to upskill myself next year, which incidentally is something I try to think about every year anyways. You know, what can I do differently next year? You know, mm. Some New Year's resolutions, perhaps. What can I learn more next year? Is there anything on your to-do list, Roshan? Wow, personal to-do list, professional to-do list. I haven't really given much thought to the professional list, but personally, I do. I've been slacking off a bit when it comes to working out. So you're so a slacker. I, 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 not be happy. <laughs> I do tend to be a bit lazy sometimes, and I think, at some extent, all of us can be a bit guilty yeah, of that. All so, guilty of that sometimes. Yeah, but another thing I did personally want to work hard on is not taking private hire cars as much as I do and instead opting for public transport. That's more for my wallet's sake. More well, than time is valuable. So if you have a case for taking public transport to save time, maybe it does justify it sometimes. I, I, I did agree. And I think I heard Elliot Denker say that time is valuable. And if you can pay yourself to buy a bit of time mm. it's completely worth it right so perhaps but you're not helping my new year resolution <laughs> by telling me it's okay you're supposed to so you need to make more money to buy more time exactly <laughs> and so hopefully our bosses are listening to this now let's move it on slightly you teased it there in terms of jobs and insecurities right singapore's shopee and c freezes salaries and cuts bonuses as tougher 2023 looms Sorry to say this, but it's been a tough year for them in 2022, but it seems the doom and gloom is going to continue. Yeah, it does look that way for Shopee. They've been, at least C-Limited, the parent company, has been you know, going on for with this for the past few months and the good part of the year, talking about how things are getting tougher, they need to cut back, and finally they've got an internal memo saying that you no, know, next year is going to be even more challenging. So imagine that. After all they've been through this year, mm. next year is going to be even tougher. And he's citing the stuff that we've heard about in the headlines, the war in Ukraine, inflation around the world. Mm. And that means they need to cut back. So people at C and Shopee and all divisions will not be getting as big bonuses as before. Mm. So those will not See, for example, who are not promoted will not get any salary increments, so they're cutting back on paying people more. And they are looking to cut back. And this is something they announced earlier. Mm. 10% of the workforce, they cut about 7,000 jobs. And if things don't pick up, they might have to do more. Mm. So there are a lot of challenges for C-Limited. The company has already lost 77% of its market cap this year as we see investors start to cast some doubt over its prospects mm. in light of rising interest rates, intensifying competition and Shopee bear in mind is still not profitable. It's loss making like many other startups. Yep. So it is going to be a tough time for many of these similar t- growth uh, names. Mm, yeah, certainly. And I think the likes of Shopee, they had a bit of a boom during the pandemic and it's almost people moving away, moving out of their houses, shopping slightly lesser online perhaps. Ryan, thank you so much for your updates on Market View. I did realise you asked me about my New Year resolution. Granted, you're going to be reflective over the festive period. Do you have some resolutions for 2023? Well, I am still working out that list and right now it probably has something to do with health and eating more 
healthily. Mm. So I think that could be somewhere near the top. Some might stop at eating more, but thank <laughs> God you added healthily after that. Thank you so much for that, Ryan. As ever, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.